Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello and welcome. This is episode number 367, Live Coaching with Jennifer. How do I not attract another narcissist? And I know this is going to be a topic that will really resonate for so many of my listeners. Hi, everybody. It's Sandy Weiner, and welcome to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it's never too late to have the love you want and that a woman of value naturally attracts the respect and rewards she deserves in life and love. Every week, I bring you a tip on how to become a woman of value, which has become my catchphrase for women who have dignity, who who really show up, stand up, and speak up in their lives um, and really align with their true selves. This week's tip is don't make assumptions. Uh, I think this was something that I was really surprised that I did so often when I first started dating after divorce and realizing how many assumptions I made about people, especially the men I was dating, and how important it is to really get present and not judge We don't know what we don't know. So look at the facts. Don't make up stuff and fill in the blanks. So anytime you catch yourself thinking, oh, he must have done this because of that, or she she did this because this, if you don't know, just drop all those assumptions and, and just get present and curious. Curiosity is what really helps you to bust those assumptions. So that's my challenge for you this week is to get curious. Every time you have a thought in your head that you're making up, ask that person if you can and find out the truth. Um, Before I bring Jennifer on, I want to just give a shout-out for my amazing Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date, and we are about 3,000 women strong in this group. We are women over 40 who are single or in relationships and want to do better. They want to be women of value in their relationships and in their dating lives. And so it's a very positive focus group. This is not the place to come if you just want to vent and talk about how awful dating is or how awful men are. This is a place to come to to grow, to really learn best practices. So join my group. It's called Your Last First Date. Just go to Facebook, answer the questions to get in, and you will be part of the most amazing dating group out there. So I'm going to bring on Jennifer in a minute. And um, just as an intro, have you ever dated or been in a relationship with a narcissist? Well, my guest today, Jennifer, was married to a narcissist for five years. She's five years post-divorce, and she's been struggling a little bit with dating. She wants to not get involved with another narcissist as she dates again. And so I'm going to coach her now on how to avoid dating narcissists, getting attracted to narcissists, and finding finding true love. So welcome to the show, Jennifer. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm really happy to have you. So, um Tell our audience a little bit of the backstory. So you were married for five years. Tell us a little bit about this guy you were married to so we have some context. Yeah, um, I had met him in my late 20s, like 28 or 29, and um, he was 13 years older than me, and um, we ended up getting married um, when I was 30, 
and um, he, um, in the beginning, was very interested in my interests, and um, we did things that I liked to do, which I thought he liked to do as well, such as exercising, things like that. Well, um, as after we got married, um, I realized he did not like to exercise, which was fine, um, and then he didn't like to do some of these things that we were doing, and then he would start to um, belittle the things that I was doing, which was really strange to me. So he would start to complain if I was exercising too much, for instance. Um, and I just thought that's that was just really weird. And so um, that that kind of um, that kind of made our marriage kind of distant. Um, and just because I felt like he was constantly telling me he didn't like things about me. So. Um, that went on for, you know, the the rest of the marriage. And then um, we just ended up doing things separately. Um, and I started to notice my, I started to realize I don't even know who I am anymore because when I leave the house or he's out of the house, I feel a certain way. I feel more peaceful. I feel better. When he's in the house, I feel like a totally different person, more jumbled, don't know what I want, trying to people please. Um, and that was kind of when I came to the conclusion that I, I needed to leave. Mm. So you stayed five years. And, right. Um, so you finally got sick and tired of being a shapeshifter and a people pleaser. And, um, right. yeah, so this criticism, um, really awful. So, you know, as you, you said before the show started, it was like a bait and switch. Like he started out one way. And all of a sudden, he's got you, he's he's hooked you, and now he's reverting back to who he really is, which is none of those things that he made you believe in order to get you into his life, correct? Correct. Um, so, yeah, that sucks. And um, <laughs> what, I, what I want to ask, and I do this with all my clients, is we, we look at our downloadable family blueprint, and we all we all inherit certain attraction, certain types of attachment from our original relationships with our parents, with our other relationships that are significant in our lives. So I'm just curious um, if if there's anyone in your family of origin that this man reminds you of. Um, I didn't know this probably until recently but i would say um i would say my my father and and his my grandfather and i would also say my grandfather on my mother's side mm. so describe a little bit about the qualities that are similar um, just uh, very authoritative, um, which I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but very um, um, alpha, alpha male. My dad wasn't really an alpha male, I would say. I'd say my dad was more of a passive aggressor. Um, um, and and looking back at when my mom would complain about him, nobody could see it because I think he hit it well, and then he um, unleashed it on her. Um, but, um, I think, I think, and then always like their needs were always put first and it was always the woman kind of doing the things for them. Like my grandfather on my mom's side always wanted dinner on the table when he walked 
you know, when he walked in the door. And then my other grandfather, he um, flew fighter pilots in World War II and um, had affairs on my grandmother. And um, my grandmother openly told me, like, this is what your grandfather does. Um, this isn't okay. Hmm. So there's there's this hidden hiddenness that was evident both in your father and your grandfather, your father yes. having a hidden side to him that, that no one else could see, just like your ex-husband, and, um, and your grandfather. So this is all like clandestine stuff that to the outside they may have looked differently, which is pretty pretty clear parallel, right? Yeah, and actually you gave a great realization into um, – like my dad kind of keeping it hidden. Nobody could see it. Everybody thought my dad was this stand-up great guy, and they always did. And um, that's what everybody thought about my ex-husband, and I had it in my mind as well. And then when you're alone with them, you can see all this. So I just now saw that parallel. Thank you. Mm, You're welcome. Yeah, we often don't see it. You know, I I tried to actually marry the opposite of my father and ended up with someone who <laughs> replicated him so clearly to me on in hindsight. But at the you know, from the outside looking in, I couldn't see it. Um but what was interesting is somebody said to me that um it was a good friend of mine who stopped being my friend and I thought it was because she was jealous of me getting married before her. And mm-hmm. we finally had a talk about it, and she said, no, you were controlled by him. And we we were really scared, like what you were turning into. I couldn't see any of that. I couldn't see it. I mean, I knew there were red flags, but I couldn't see it. And so it's important to take this step back and connect the dots so that you're not repeating it, because that's what we're trying to do here is not not repeat these same um, patterns, and it's but it's very understandable why you would do anything but repeat the pattern. Mm-hmm. So knowing that this was this was family history, this is what love looked like to you, right? Mm-hmm. Love looks like um, a, a controlling male, somebody who um, women cater to. They co- cover up their stuff. They, you know, they. Whatever it's you know there there are patterns here that that were very similar to being married to a narcissist. Um, mm-hmm. So now that we know what love isn't, because <laughs> this is not <laughs> what you want, um, let's talk about what love is to you today. Like, what are you looking for? Um, I'm looking for a partner in crime, somebody to explore with somebody who is emotionally healthy they don't need to um you know talk about all the spiritual principles and concepts that i love to talk about but i would like that they be open to them um i think that's something i couldn't live without not being able to talk um to him about things like you know that that um, you talk about a lot and things like that um that's kind of my interest, but, um, you know, somebody just to kind of, um, um, I, I, I love the, the, the other realization when we were talking about, I, I feel whole, so I want him to feel whole, but I don't want to do it alone anymore. Like I have so much more to offer now than I do 
did in my marriage. Um, and I, I think I could do it in a healthier way. Um, and I, and I want to receive that as well. I want to, I want to be able to receive that. To receive what? Um, um, somebody who is emo- not needy, like emotionally healthy, um, who, you know, who isn't looking to me to make, make them happy. Like for like my, my ex-husband, for instance, obviously I was satisfying some need in him that he needed, mm-hmm. you know, absolutely you, yeah. were. Go ahead. Does that make, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I'm um, so I just want to repeat back. So I'm taking some notes on your on your okay. what is love to you. Um, so when you say a partner in crime, what does that mean? Like, be more specific about that. Um, just um, we enjoy doing things together. We support each other in our endeavors. Um, we don't judge each other because I feel like in my marriage I was judged a lot. Um, and um, just acceptance, you know, acceptance of my bad parts as well, because I'm, I know that there are bad parts, and I, I want to be able to accept his as well. Um, but I don't, I want to be kind to each other. You know, I don't, doesn't mean if he's, you know, he can't be mean to me, I can't be like mean to him. But, you know, just kind of accepting everything instead of, um, what the opposite was in my marriage was, um, you know, constantly being degraded because I did have feel, you know, I did have certain feelings over certain events. Yeah, yeah. So you want and the hashing th- and yeah, and hashing stuff out. Like I want to be able to argue in a in a civilized manner, not be told that I don't matter and like this is wrong. Like we talk it out. We we meet on common ground. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so somebody who's a good communicator, somebody who's kind and accepts all of you, not critical. Um, somebody who's emotionally healthy, um, who's open to... So when you say open to spiritual practices that are important to you, he's not judging them. He's open to them. Um, so right. that judge word is a big one for you, Not somebody not judgmental. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, I can feel that because um, you were criticized a lot. And um, so I'm going to flip that around for a minute and ask you how hard are you on yourself um i was a lot harder um uh, and i catch myself now when i'm doing it um and i do practice talking to myself like i'm talking to my best friend now this Mm. is a new thing for me and it feels very very good it feels very good yeah that's great um yeah, we tend to be very hard on ourselves. So I ask you because whatever we want to attract, we really have to practice making sure that we're not stuck in judgment of ourselves or others and um, that you're kind to yourself, which it sounds like you're really working on that. And I think the more you do that, the more you're going to be intolerant of men who don't treat you well. Okay. Um, so when you wrote in, you actually wrote about um, something a little bit different, and um, can you tell us 
a little bit about the backstory of the um, the younger men who ask you out, the older men who aren't working. Like, what's happening in your love yeah. life right now? Yeah, so it, the reason it's all confusing to me is just because I feel like I've done some of this inner work and in identifying these things and working on it. So it's confusing because um, so I'm 40, and um, and it just so happens a lot of younger men are attracted, so like anywhere from 28 to 36. And I'm finding that in that age bracket, um, as I'm dating them, they're very, um, un- they've been emotionally unavailable. And, and once you get close, whether like I, I had told you, like once eventually you um, either I tell them I'm not comfortable sleeping with them or I end up sleeping with them, they end up kind of either I don't hear from them again, just cold turkey, or they, their communications change and they start to dissolve. Um, so, I, I was trying something new. Like I would, I tried um, dating an older gentleman who um, um, was 54, and um, we went out on a first date, and everything seemed um, good. I wanted to see him again. We made plans to see each other again, and um, we kept in contact via text in between the second date. And he comes out of nowhere and asks me for a nude pic, and it. And I told him, I said, I don't do that. I don't do that. I don't give it all over text. I don't, I, like, we've only had one date. And then, um, so I ended up canceling our date because my mind went to mush. I'm like, I don't know what to do now with this guy when I see him. And he ended up unleashing all this anger towards me about how he needs sexy banter between dates. And um, that was how I was going to keep his interest and all of that. And the thing is, um, I didn't mention is, I vetted this guy out, I thought. I mean, he had been married 20 years, had um, two kids, divorced three, was an exec of a company. Um, it seemed had it, you know, had, seemed to be held together well. And I was like, okay, what am I doing? <laughs> what am right. I doing? <laughs> so, so the younger guys aren't working, the older guys aren't working, but it seems like sex is a big part of this. And yeah, um, and also. When you're speaking about this 54-year-old, two things I noticed. One is he did something very similar to your ex-husband. He showed up as a very different kind of guy. Mm -hmm. And when Mm -hmm. you said no nude pics and canceled the date, his real side came out, right? Mm -hmm. He, He unleashed it, which is good. It's good that you saw it right away. But you you thought you had vetted him really well. So the things that you mentioned had to do with longevity of a relationship. They had to do with financial stability, um, which I know we spoke before the show and you told me that financial security is important to you, um, which is understandable. Those things are mm-hmm. okay, but none of those things were on the list when you just talked about what love is to you. Yeah. So this is where you need to really focus, not on intelligence, not on how much you know, somebody makes or how good he looks or he how good he looks on paper. It's really about really getting clear on somebody who's supportive, somebody who's not judgmental, somebody who is open-minded, someone who's kind, who can talk to you about spiritual practices, somebody who's done their work. And I didn't hear any of that in your vetting process. 
how did I not notice that I didn't correlate those two? I'm glad I, I, I didn't even think that I didn't even mention that. It didn't even occur to me. Right. So <laughs> most people vet in exactly the same way that you did. They look at, um, oh, wow, he went to Harvard. And, um, you know, he had a, he had a few long-term marriages or, or long-term relationships. Like he knows how to be in relationship. That's the assumptive piece where we're filling in mm-hmm. the blank by we look at something and then we think, okay, this means this and this means that. And so I'm glad today's tip was don't make assumptions because I think yeah. this is good for you. <laughs> um, you want to lean into get more curious about men. Um, you want to have conversations that bring out um, what did they learn from their marriage ending you know like Mm -hmm. if a man asked you that what would you say that's a that is an excellent question um i i learned that i i truly did um feel like i lost my i i lost myself in it Mm -hmm. i mean i felt like i but i learned that I had the strength to get out of it, and really, once I did, I learned that once I held my own, I was able to, I was able to, um, be successful as a human being, um, as well as you know in my career. Okay, I like that a lot, but I want to tweak it a little bit. So first of all, I want to tell you what I liked about what you said, and this is an important thing to, to really form, before dates. Because Mm -hmm. asking that question of men, you're going to learn a lot about them. You're going to learn whether they're still blaming their ex. Because I didn't hear Mm -hmm. any blame in that one. You you didn't have any blame in there. You didn't say my ex was a narcissist. You didn't say he treated me terribly. He, you know, he bait and switched me. You didn't say any of that. You took responsibility Mm -hmm. for yourself. You noticed who you became, why you needed to leave. And those are all really good things. The one thing I want you to focus on more is not your career, because we're talking about dating and not a job interview, but Mm -hmm. who you became as a person and what you're looking for in the future. So when you prepare these statements before you go on a date, and and you should have a few of these about your passions, about the things that really make you come alive, this is how you form connections with the right men, by coming up with some of these these pre formed um, little little statements about yourself that um, that help a man get to know who you are, what your values are, through the passions mm-hmm. that you have, through your interests, and what they mean to you. So here you overcame losing yourself. You were smart enough and together enough to get out before completely losing yourself. And what you know is that for the future, I'm looking to be in a relationship with a man who's supportive, who really, you know, takes care of himself like I take care of myself. I learned I had to do some work on myself to get to where I am today. I'm really proud of who I am today, and I'm looking for a man to share that with me, for the right man. You know, and so it's, here's what happened. I would say it in less words than I just did, but here's what happened. Here's what I mm-hmm. learned. And here's what I'm looking forward to. And how about you? You know, what did, what did you learn? And so you're going to hear some things, you know, and, and you'll hear how the man felt financially ruined by this woman. Or you'll hear that 
I learned that I really need to be in a relationship with a good communicator because I didn't have that in my relationship. You know, you're going to hear stuff that's going to help you see a man through the lens of what love looks like you, to you today, not what love looked like to you from your family history, from your marriage. That question is so powerful. Um, thank you so much. That is huge. My other, my question on that, though, what if they've never been married? Would you just ask that if they've been, like, last long-term? Yeah. What did I they learn say, from that? Yeah. What did you learn from that? So, you mm-hmm. know, when we talk about younger men, older men, it really doesn't matter. Like you said, you went out with a much younger man who was more mature and more together than most of the older men yeah. you went out with. And I, I agree. I, I, again, I think when you take away the outside stuff, take away age, take away, you know, height, all the, the lists that people have that keep them single, you know, he has to work in the C-suite, he has to have more money than me, he has to own a house. These are all things that have nothing to do with how good somebody is in a relationship. So mm-hmm. what you're looking for is, like, what's your relationship like with your family? Um, are you close with your siblings? Tell me about, like, one of your favorite family vacations. And you're going to hear, oh, my God, we never went away. Uh, oh, wow, no, we went to Niagara Falls together when I was a kid, and it was amazing. Tell me, why was it so great? Like, what, what did you remember about it? And you'll start to hear, like you don't ask somebody, what was your favorite trip, and then that it ends there. It's, Mm -hmm. and who did you become, or what is the takeaway? So, like, you know, people can be creative, for instance, but how are they creative? Are they creative through writing? Are they creative through thought? Are they creative through art? Um, We all have our own unique blend of everything, and so what you want to do is peel that onion, you know, really find out what's underneath, what are the values that are important to this person? What do they do in their free time? What do they, um, do they give back to society? Do they do any volunteer work? So Mm -hmm. if you prepare some of these for yourself and, and say, you know, I love volunteering for Habitat for Humanity um, because, and don't forget the because word. I loved it because I I just love seeing the faces of the people after they see their house rebuilt, you know, whatever. So that's just an example of I love giving back um, or why you're, you're now per- pursuing a new career and why this spiritual practice that you have is so important to you. Not just that I do this, but why do I do this? And so you, what you want to do is start a conversation that's going to help him reveal more of who he is. And I think that's going to get you away from men who ask for nude pics, men who you know want you to sleep with them. And th- these are men who are low investment. Um, they're mm-hmm. not emotionally available. They're not emotionally mature. So it doesn't matter how well educated, what kind of job they have how many kids they have, whether they, you know, have a dog and they don't kick it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Are, that's important. But um, but those are, those are not the things that are going to help you see not only is he a good date, but would he be a good partner. That's what you really want to know. And, and um, I love this, what you're saying, because um, three weeks ago I went on a date with somebody, and I didn't ask these questions as well as you did. 
but I was hitting on some of these with him, and he looked at me and said, why are you asking me such weird questions? And I thought, that's really weird, too. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I mean, so what, give me an example of a question you asked. Well, I asked him, you know, about his family and his relationship with his siblings and his parents. Do they come out and visit and things like that? And he started to get jittery, and I just said, he goes, um, you know, I'm ready to go. Are you almost done with your drink? And I said, well, what's wrong? And he goes, I get really jittery. And I said, well, what do you do if you have a lot of energy built up like that? What's your normal thing to do? He goes, why are you asking me such a weird question? Mm. When it was really he wasn't his... comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it can feel like an interrogation if you ask too many of these questions. And what I would do in the future is, is share a piece of yours and start okay. with the value. Family's really important to me, for example. Like you could start mm-hmm. with that. Family's really important to me. I, I loved having family dinners. Um, you know, bring out some family memories, and. Um, and you know, and I or I nurture my friendships. I've had the same friends since college. How about you? Do you have any friends that you you're still in touch with? You don't want to get too interrogational because some men will definitely shut down. They don't want to feel like a deer in the headlights. So mm-hmm. you want to keep it fun. Share some fun memories. Share some fun passions, hobbies. That's the way to get him to share a little bit more of his. Like even a favorite movie or a favorite book. Don't make it too too personal too quickly. Um, you ever watch on Soul Pancake? You ever watch anything on Soul Pancake? No. No. Uh, so I check it out. They have a okay. first date series that is so fantastic because they, they it's basically blind dates with they met, match two people up. They've never seen each other, and they have to ask each other questions that that grow in depth as they go. And so they do tier one, tier two, tier three. And they have to guess things about each other. They have to guess what the person's name is, what their occupation is, how old they are. So those are, like, very non-confrontational. It's kind of fun to see if they're on target Mm -hmm. or not. Then they go to what's your favorite music, band, you know. Then they go into, like, Politically, you believe this. It's really fascinating, and I think you might get some good ideas from there also just to see how things escalate from basic information that you want to know to knowing the depth of a person. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So if you want to be taken seriously and not be seen as a sex object or be – or, or you know, going on dates with men who are a repeat of your ex-husband and, you know, people who are really not interested in having an emotionally mature relationship, you've got to be more discerning. Really look at the qualities. Keep this front and center, the kindness, the the emotional availability, the healthy emotions, you know, and, and really get clear, like, what does that look like to you? What does a whole person look like to you? What are the qualities of a whole person? So that you know, like, if a sense of humor is important to you, what does that look like? You know, is it, do we laugh at, are we both sarcastic? Or are we both, do we like pratfalls? Do we laugh at the human condition? You know, there's all kinds of humor. And so you want to get super clear what is appealing to you. What's that worldview that you have that you want to share with a partner? 
Um, because, you know, even when you talked about your ex-husband, you talked about common interests. Common interests don't sustain a relationship in the same mm-hmm. way as common values. That's where I think you were steered wrong. And so you want to go focus on values. Interests are second tier. If we go back to that, you know, first date thing from Soul Pancake, it's that second tier of, yeah, if we have the same values, then I want to know that we both like golfing. I want to know that we both like to exercise. But, you know, if if you wouldn't get divorced over a lack of similarity in exercise, you would get divorced mm-hmm. a, a kind, you know, if he wasn't kind. Right. Right. So that's yeah. that's kind of the litmus test. So um so I'm gonna, I'm giving you homework and the homework yes. is to really clarify that list and you know, come up with five things that you absolutely must have in a partner and with each one ask yourself, you know, who does who does this guy need to be? Would I get divorced if this wasn't if I was married to this person and it wasn't there? And that's how you really hone it down to the most important things. And then when you're going to go on a date, you're going to look for those things. And if a person has one deal breaker, you know, person asks you for a new pick, you're done. You're not going to start mm-hmm. second-guessing yourself. Maybe, you know, your mind won't go to mush because you're going to say, this is not a person who's on my list. And mm-hmm. and you And you'll be able to say, you know what, I'm looking for a very different kind of man, and I wish you well. That's it. And, you know, start speaking up. Start really setting those boundaries around men who don't treat you well. And I I know that you're going to start attracting in the right guys. Okay. This was such great information, seriously. Um, I really... I really like how you've um, kind of helped me see things from different perspectives, especially that whole switch on I didn't even mention the financial security and what I what I was looking for in a partnership. That was huge. Mm. Well, I'm so glad that that this was helpful to you. Um so so tell me what you're going to what steps you're going to take to um to attract in the right person. Well, um I I definitely um I I've definitely been looking at my values and um, I I do need to to separate that from common interests. Um, But I think I, I think my goal will be when, after kind of finding out some of these things about myself, writing them down, looking at them. And then when I go out on a date, um, looking for these values instead of maybe common interests. I think you're exactly right that I've been focusing on that, but really looking at the values. Um, but I, I do need to step, take a step back on the questioning. So I, I think I can get really focused in, and, and I, I think I did scare that last one off because I was kind of drilling. I was drilling into him. So yeah, um, meeting the, yeah. I think, you know, reframing it as sharing your passions and sharing the things that are important to you instead of questioning and then throwing it back. So using mm-hmm. the technique that I talked to you about, like this was such a great memory. I remember being in this museum and seeing this Picasso painting and it, wow, it just, you know, or I love being in nature because it just calms me down. It makes me just feel so connected to the earth. 
how about you? Where, where do you feel most connected? You know, so it's little, subtle, not, you know, tell me about all your past relationships. It's, it's really, it's a sharing, and it's really a, more mm-hmm. of a conversation. Yeah. No, I, I don't think I've been sharing enough. I don't think I, I've been sharing. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. So that's the second part of your homework. <laughs> Come up yeah. with like five of those and, um, you know, five memories, five things that are really important to you. And don't forget the word because, you know, this is important to me because I love this because. And I learned this from my friend Bobby Palmer, who's also a dating coach, and I just mm-hmm. love it. I think the because is your value system. It's mm-hmm. why is it important to you. And then you want to know why is this important to you, you know. And, you know, try it with your friends too, you know. And I would just start really having different conversations with people. You know, you mentioned earlier to me that since you started doing this work, some people have fallen off your friend list and that's good because Mm -hmm. you're getting clearer with what you want in your life and you know you're definitely going to lose friends but they're not really your friends they're not people who really are there to support you and be there for you yeah so this work is it's so good so important and i'm excited for you i'm excited for the future so will you keep in touch and let me know how it goes? I will, definitely. This was absolutely amazing. Thank you so oh. much. Thank you, Jennifer. And thanks, everybody, for listening today. If you really liked what you heard today, um, I am available for a consultation with you. Um, if you're really ready to change your dating life and have the relationship of your dreams, you can fill out a form to get on a call with me. It won't cost you anything, but you have to be really serious about this. And to do that, you go to lastfirstdate.com forward slash breakthrough. That's lastfirstdate.com forward slash breakthrough, and we'll get on a call together and we'll solve your love problems. And um, and if you love our show, please rate and review it on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I hope you go on your last first date. Have a great day. 